Have a seat, have a seat. Let's give it up for the band. So um, I'm sitting back there, and it's, and it's really cool to not only be able to, to be here with, with you guys, but it's, it's really cool to be here with my family because I'm sitting back there, and I'm just jamming out, singing, swaying back and forth uh, right next to my son. Uh, which is just a, a fantastic uh, ministry experience. It's a fantastic uh, experience to worship with family. Um, as, as we go into this morning, we, we're all family, uh, and we can, we can kind of uh, know that, understand that, be encouraged by that, because uh, counting on each other is important. Um, and that's kind of what we're going we're to lead in, into that um, Today is, today is our second uh, lesson on prayer, okay? The, the first lesson was kind of the who, who should pray, all right? All of us should pray. Uh, who should pray? And then uh, today, because it's uh, the final day, because it's my last time with you, we're going to do kind of a mashup, and uh, we're going to do the, the what, what should we pray about, and the why should we pray. All right, so that's kind of where we're going to be. Um, before we start into the word, I wanted to kind of give you a mental picture. Okay, so um, when I was when I was probably James's age, around eleven, twelve years old, I was at a uh, a Methodist youth camp. Okay, this is called Camp Glisten, um, and. And it's, it's basically you ship your kids to this camp, leaders take over, and very similar to this beach camp style, but a little more, you know, uh, session-oriented, a little more, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, and you're going to have so much fun, and all this stuff. It was, it was amazing. It was awesome. So one of the days, we did uh, the ropes course that was there, which is very similar to the ropes course at Barry. Uh, those, if you've ever done a reps course before. So, um, one of the last activities we did before we went to kind of our small group session and talked about it was we did a trust fall. But at this ropes course, you basically, these are, these are middle school age kids, all right? So, imagine like a group of 14 or 15 middle school boys and girls. Because that's, that's what our group was. So uh, we get up on this ladder, climb on this tree, walk across this plank that is suspended in the air, and we look down at our friends who are supposedly going to catch us. And we, we had to let go. You know, we had to jump off. Uh, it was not an option not to because you had to conquer that. Because what does a trust fall teach you? Trust people, right? Trust people. Um, so we had we had some we had some great leaders uh, that week. We the we, so we had a female leader and a and a guy leader. Okay, the guy leader was in charge of the guy cabin. Female leader was in charge of the female cabin. We came together for diff, did a lot of different activities, just like we do for small groups here. But um, our guy was a fantastic guy, vibrant personality, outgoing, uh, pretty big. He was a really big dude, like super-sized dude, you know. Um, very tall, very thick, you know, muscular. Uh, so he gets the wild idea, hey, I'm going to climb up there. And I'm going to let y'all catch me. <laughs> and, and of course, we were like, heck yeah, we'll be able to do it. You know, this is, this is not it. And, and the female counselor, very, um, this is not a good idea. You know, 
you're going to break something. We're going to have to call the, the medical pe- team up here, you know, onto the mountain. This is not going to be, a, this is not going to go well. Uh, but he said, this is what I'm doing. Uh, so he made the choice to give his trust over to us, which I thought was pretty cool. And I was also thinking, am I going to survive? So um, he gets up on the plank. He walks over. We're, we've got our team ready. You know, we're ready to catch him. We've got our strategy, our plan, because you can't go to battle without a plan. You can't go to church without a plan. You can't drive without a plan, all right? You've got to know where to go. <clears throat> so we had our plan together. So uh, he gets up there. We catch him, but, of course, our 11, 12-year-old arms aren't strong enough to necessarily hold him in the air, so we kind of fall with him. Uh, (laughs) So we soften his blow, so to speak, uh, to the ground. So, of course, the, the female counselor is going nuts at this point. Uh, she is abs- She's like, this is a terrible idea, you know, knock the breath out of the guy, but kind of once he, once he caught his breath, you know, he was like, that was fantastic. And we told him, we said, Hal, because his name was Hal, which I think was a cool name. We said, uh, we said, Hal, how was that fantastic? We failed, you know, because we could not keep you up. And uh, he said something that I never forget. Um, and he said, guys, I never really expected y'all to catch me. But I did expect y'all to break my fall. Uh, and, so that, and so that's sometimes how we have to remember that the road we go down with God, the road we go down with friends, it might not be a totally safe and secure world with a net at the bottom of it that we're not going to get hurt, you know. But um, that type of activity taught me that sometimes God just helps you break your fall. You know, he helps, he helps to, to rescue you from that. So uh, trust is an extremely important part of any relationship, uh, and that's true in, in our relationship with God. Uh, but but when we're faced with challenges, uh, doubts, distractions, some of this we talked about the other day, uh, trust can be a struggle. And that is where prayer comes in. God wants uh, to hear every issue, temptation, and problem we're facing. Um, we can tell him anything, and then we can trust him to respond. Okay, so how do we know this? All right, so... We know that God cares about what you're, what you're facing, okay? Uh, so he wants you to tell it all to him. He wants you to tell it all to him. So I wanted to uh, kind of illustrate this point of God caring uh, with a little bang- game called What Are the Odds? Now, you're thinking about what are the odds in your, your generation, all right, which I think is a pretty dumb game. Um, <laughs> It's just a mathematical truth or dare. That's basically what it is. Um, you know, um, but this is, uh, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some, a, a list of accidents, crises uh, that, that any of us may face. And we're going to kind of test your knowledge on how, what you think the odds are that that will happen. All right, you ready? Are you ready? Okay. I gotta have some energy this morning. I, my adults back there, I just want to applaud y'all during that song. Y'all, y'all got the rhythm going, and these guys were still trying to wake up. Hey, offbeat rhythm is still rhythm. I mean, you know, that's yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we go. What are the odds? Here we go. What are the odds? The odds of being hit by lightning. During your lifetime, what are the odds? One in a million. Seven million? Seven million to what? One? One to eight million. All right. One in 9,000. 
That's pretty good odds. That's not how that works. No, that's not how that works. Okay, very good. Katie Leonard, give it up for Katie Leonard. All right, okay, so the odds of, be, of dying from a snake bite, bee sting, or other venom attack? One in ten? One in three hundred? One in thousand? Wow, okay, Harrison says one in ten, which is... What did you say, Caleb? One in five hundred? All right. One in five thousand? Now, the answer is one in one hundred thousand. Yeah, one in one hundred thousand. All right, now here's here's a good one. Here's this is relevant. This is relevant. All right, this this is a very loose, relaxed lesson, you know, lesson. But let's let's keep it Jesus style here. Okay, so uh, the odds of being dying from a dog attack. Now, one in five. Okay, okay, yeah, dying, dying from a dog attack. By the, by the way, if you come to my house, you will not die from a dog attack. You may die from saliva all over you, but you will. One in 5,000? Okay, here we go. One in 150,000. Weird, isn't it? Where did you get your sources? Okay, so <laughs> this, one's, this one's relevant to all of us. Uh, the uh, the odds that you'll get heartburn today. Me and David, we've already experienced that. Um, one in five. One in two. That's 50%. Oh, my gosh. All right. One in 150. One in 150. Okay. Two more, two more. The odds of, uh, <laughs> this is really funny. The, the odds of mistakenly be declared dead because of a clerical error. <laughs> one in 50,000? One in 200. One in 550,000. Okay, all right, here's the answer. Here's the answer. Uh, one in 24,000. So, that's that. one in 24,000. Okay, this is, this is really relevant to us this week. Uh, and thankfully, due to the double red flag, we probably won't experience that. The odds of being injured in a shark attack... Harrison, you are like way low, man. One in 1,275. Katie? You're more likely to strip. Okay, all right. So listen, listen. Katie, Katie pointed out a good fact, all right, and it actually is a fact, that what'd you say? You're more likely to get struck by lightning. Uh, one in 600,000 that you're going to be a, be injured in a shark attack. Um, so the, the reason why you think it's more, the, the, reason, the reason why you think it's more is uh, because, like, once you see one shark attack on TV, you know, then the others start popping up around and around and around and around and around. And it looks like... It's a huge frenzy when it's just a real media frenzy. They've, <laughs> they've figured out a good thing to put on TV. So, uh, okay. So, what does that have to do with anything we're talking about today? All right. So, we're going to, in life every day, uh, we face a lot of problems. Uh, amen to that? Amen. Uh, now, you might not fall in the category of being hit by lightning. You might not fall in the category of being struck by a meteor. Um, uh, but, but, but any crisis is serious nonetheless. 
okay? Uh, how we respond to those crises uh, is going to tell us a lot about where we've placed our hope and our trust. Uh, when, uh, when we were at the pool yesterday, um, Christy and Ryan and I were having a good conversation with Katie and a few other girls uh, about, um, about how we respond to crises uh, and, and how that's, that's, that's applicable in, in this case here. Uh, Lou Holtz, this is just re really for your pl pleasure, uh, Lou Holtz, who is a very famous football coach uh, at the University of Notre Dame, uh, he said once, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it, okay? So that's, that's free of charge. Uh, so what do we do uh, for our hope and trust? We turn to prayer, um, we turn to prayer, and we're not going to be uh, disappointed no matter what size uh, of the problem. Okay. Why? Why is that? Why is turning to God something that we're not going to be disappointed about? Very well said, Parker. And I, your face is gleaming today, by the way. Um, <clears throat> yes, God, God has concern for you. God cares about you, all right? We, just like we care about you, but God cares about you. Uh, Ephesians uh, 3, verse 20, and I know you're like, you didn't tell me to read Ephesians 3, 20. Um, how did y'all's quiet times go today? This is just off topic, but while I thumb through... So, um, just a little side note about the high school guys. Uh, you know, we, we talked about what we were going to talk about today as far as where, where to go in the Bible. And uh, the, the high school guys got a nice dose of Ezekiel 6 today because they kind of forgot what I had said. Uh, and they said there was some really deep stuff in there. So, okay. So, but this is, a, this is Ephesians 3. Um, verse 20 and 21, and this is really, we need to remember that nothing is too big for God, okay? Nothing, no problem you have is, is too big uh, for God. This is Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power of at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I'll read that again. Now to him who is able to do more, far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right, so what are some of your guys' biggest problems, fears, or worries? Failing a class, okay. Getting a speeding ticket. Is anybody else scared of getting a speeding ticket? Well, if you don't speed, it's not going to be a problem. If you don't speed, it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are some other fears? Wasps, bears. Are we in the Wizard of Oz? Snakes. Okay, animals. All right, so let's go deeper. Than, okay, Matthew. Yes, very good. Christy has a relevant story to that. Shaquille, Shaquille the rat, Nicodemus the rat, that's what Christy calls him because that's from the, the 80s cartoon, Sinker Nim. Okay, Kendra. Oh. Wisdom from duty, letting someone else down. <clears throat> yes, I'm scared of Kendra too. 
All right. So, so listen to that. So, so we're gonna, we agree that we have a lot of different fears, a lot of different struggles, okay? Some are fears of animals. Uh, some are just fears of uh, different things going on in our life, different things that may happen to us situations that may happen to us that we look forward in our life and think, oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if this happens? Um, fear of letting someone down. Uh, fear that your stress is going to take over into physical problems. ESPN just got an update. Thank you. Um, and uh, it's, it's hard to face all those. Uh, but what I, want to, what I want you to understand is that sometimes the issue seems so huge that we don't understand what's happening uh, or what could be done to change things. And a lot of times we're tempted to conclude that there are no answers. Uh, a lot of times we're continue, tempted to conclude that there are no answers. But there are answers. Now, we may not know the answer. The answer may not have been revealed to us yet. Uh, but there, there are answers. Um, in Isaiah, you don't have to turn here. I'm going to read it. Isaiah 55, um, and this is verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Um, has anybody ever had something happen in your life and wondered to God, why did that happen? Yeah, right? It's pretty common. A lot of times, a lot of times things happen in our life that we don't understand at that moment, uh, only for it to be revealed in a much sweeter way uh, in, in a later moment. Um, when... Uh, Emily's not here, but uh, I want to talk about her for just a second. So when Emily was a baby, no, when Christy was pregnant with Emily, um, they did some blood work uh, on Christy and saw something that they didn't like, so they wanted to get a, a, an ultrasound done because they were concerned uh, of the possibility of, of Emily having spina bifida which spina bifida is a, is a condition where there is an opening. Uh, the spinal cord is not enclosed all the way, which can cause paralysis, can cause all these different problems depending on the level into the spine that it is. So uh, Christy was pregnant. Um, we were scared to death. We did as much research as possible and it felt like what was the process that was taking place for days was taking weeks for us because it was very agonizing. Um, and we, we got to the ultrasound. They did the ultrasound. The doctor comes in, and uh, he says, what do you know about spina bifida? Now, if I go into the doctor... And he says, what do you know about so-and-so? Then I'm going to think, oh, gosh, he's about ready to give it to me. You know, he's about ready to give me that news, right? I mean, that's, that's what he's, he's preparing the way for me. And so we explained to him the details we knew, uh, limited details we had regarding spina bifida. And he says, well, I am proud to tell you that your child does not have that. Uh, that was huge for us. It was huge for us in a lot of different ways because, because um, 
we had we had gone through some things. Um, we had uh, experienced loss before, so we knew how that felt. We had experienced defeat before, so we knew how that felt. Um, in in uh, in in the womb, Emily, they couldn't find a heartbeat the first few weeks, so they were really concerned because they should be able to see the heartbeat. Uh, we had to go a whole weekend not knowing was this going to be another miscarriage or not. Um, very huge, very, very difficult time for us. But we knew that who was our hope and trust was in. Uh, and we knew that, uh, that everything was going to be, be fine, be his way, because we trusted that. We experienced loss later on. And... Um, We experienced loss later on and, and, and got to experience the, the best gift uh, that Christy ever got on her birthday, which is James. Um, he was one that she really had to talk me into because we had had such a stressful time uh, with those pregnancies. So uh, I'm very thankful. Uh, he calls himself our favorite son. <laughs> but so when you experience loss, when you experience struggles, you have to continue to, to have your hope. You have to continue to keep your eyes on what is important. Because if you take your eyes off what is important and think about everything around you, you're going to get lost. Uh, and that's kind of what this verse uh, in, in Ephesians talks about. When he says, uh, God is able to do more than we all ask or think. So we shouldn't limit our prayers to what we understand. Um, nothing we can ask for is ever too great that it overwhelms his ability to respond effectively. Nothing, nothing is too great for him to respond effectively. Now, he may respond in a way you didn't anticipate him responding to, but nothing is, uh, is, is going to overwhelm his ability because his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are much more powerful than our ways. Uh, he knows the future. When life seems overwhelming or hopeless, put your trust in God by making uh, prayer your first priority. Um, <clears throat> when, when you have your hope and trust in God, then you have a different perspective. We talked about perspective a little bit uh, on Tuesday, we talked about how having uh, the right perspective in prayer, especially, uh, is going to help everything line up right. It's going to change the way you view things. Uh, <clears throat> Mark Hall does an excellent uh, description of this. Uh, for this is for one of his songs uh, off Come to the Well album. And uh, he talks about how as, as a kid, he would, he would stand on the street during the Christmas parade, okay? And all he wanted to do as a child was see Santa Claus. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he cared about. You know, he didn't care about the Shriners coming through. He didn't care about the bands coming through. All he wanted to do was see Santa Claus. But the streets were packed. He was squished. And all he had was this view right here. So all he could do is look from here to here and wait for Santa Claus. But he had, that, he had a limited eyesight. He had a limited perspective. And he, he parallels that to say that when we are in Christ and put our hope in Christ, then we have a different perspective. We have a different view on life because it's like we're on a rooftop looking at the parade instead of down below. It's not that we're seeing anything differently. It's just that we see, we always can see Christ in what, in what, in what we do. Um, anybody ever heard the phrase, you know, that, that, uh, that you only see part of the tapestry of the, of the masterpiece of your life? Uh, there's that phrase that's going around because, because we have this limited perspective of of our world, uh, and, and we can't see 
the whole woven tapestry that, that God has made in our life. J.D. Greer, I don't mean to just keep throwing out quotes, but um, J.D. Greer, uh, he is a, he's a pastor. He, the high school guys did a, uh, a sermon series on Ephesians, a Bible study on Ephesians, like the beginning of the year, this year. And he said something that was really cool. Uh, he talked about when, he visit, when, when he's visited uh, castles in Europe, he has seen these like 40-foot beautiful tapestries uh, that are in these castles of whatever you want to picture, okay? Beautiful pictures. Beautiful pictures, and he's like, you know, this is, this is great, this is amazing. And then he goes to uh, the tapestry, and he pulls it back, and the other side of the tapestry, we see he, he sees the beautiful masterpiece. The other side of the tapestry is a complete mess because of all the yarn and all the stitching and all those things. And he said, that's how we feel like our life is. We see the complete mess, but if we're in Christ, God sees the complete masterpiece. <clears throat> so nothing is too big for God. Um, but nothing is too small either, okay? Uh, a lot of times in our life, we're like, uh, I really don't want to pray about that because that's something that I can handle, you know, those types of things. Think about times in your life when you've had a problem that really weighed you down. Uh, and then maybe, maybe you had a problem that really weighed you down. So you shared your problem with a friend or a relative, and they responded, don't sweat it, you know, it'll be all right. Uh, or maybe even if you think that's bad, listen to what happened to me. Um, or <laughs> my family... They, they get the whole, sometimes I forget to take off the athletic trainer hat when I get home. And uh, in the athletic training room, even I, I said it to Logan on the way in here because she was complaining about her knee, and I said, suck it up, you know, suck it up. But Chris was nice enough to go get a Band-Aid, so that made everything better. He was the good guy. Um, It's a, it's a struggle sometimes when, when, when that happens because when you're going through those problems that you don't feel like are small problems, but they're blowing you off, then, then that's, that's, that's something that, that needs to be addressed. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, your parents are fighting a lot more lady, lately. Uh, maybe, maybe you feel like, I really need to do good on this test, or I really need to focus on getting my GPA to such and such, and your parents are like, I'm just glad you're passing the class, you know, what do you, don't stress out so much. We told this to Madison a lot as she was growing up, because she's that high, driven, intense personality. We told her a lot, calm down, it's all right, the building's not going to fall. Uh, it's, uh, it's something that I'm guilty of, uh, personally. I do this to several people, even, even family. Uh, most regrettably, uh, I do it to my wife a lot. Um, and those are things that, that need to be addressed. When people brush off issues... Uh, we might be tempted to wonder if anyone really cares, right? If my best friend doesn't care, then does anyone care? Yes. The answer is yes. God cares. Uh, God cares. There are a lot of countless scriptures um, that can help us feel confident and filled with a lot of faith about when we pray uh, and the problems we face. 
even in the problem, even if, the, even if they might not seem serious to others, uh, we know they're serious to God. How do we know they're serious to God? Because we can go to countless scriptures in the Bible, and it shows us that it's serious to God. Philippians 4, verse 6. Philippians 4, verse 6. says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Again, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in what? Everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Nothing is too small. In everything, let your, let your requests be known to God. Um, nothing is off limits, big or small, when we pray. Um, nothing is off limits. <coughs> so, how do we know that? Think about this. Think about this in your head. For me to trust someone, I have to know that they blank. For me to trust someone, I have to know that they blank. Very good, Harrison. Thank you for the response. You didn't have to respond, but that's awesome. All right. <laughs> um, for me to trust someone, I have to know that they blank. Trustworthy is a good answer. All right. Uh, the things that I find most difficult to discuss with others include blank. Don't answer that. Just think about it. Hold it in your head. Hold it in your head. Our relationship with God is personal. Uh, he is the all-powerful creator of the universe. Uh, he's also a close friend, a trusted counselor, and a wise guide. Like our closest friends, nothing is out of bounds, right? If I can't tell my best friend everything without having full trust that they're not going to disclose anything, then are they really my best friend? Um, but God is a trusted counselor, and he's a wise guide. So nothing's out of bounds uh, when we have a conversation with him. Talk to him about anything. How do we know? Look at the Lord's Prayer. All right? Again, Samuel, let's peel back the layers, right? Onions, layers. Ogres, layers. All right. So look at, uh, we did a lot of, we looked at the Lord's Prayer a lot uh, the other day, and we're just going to kind of hit some of the things uh, that I want to kind of reiterate in the Lord's Prayer and we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. All right, so look at, the, look at the structure of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. So our Father in heaven. When you're calling to your parents, I hope. You don't say, hey, Tim, hey, Jan. I hope you say, hey, Mom, hey, Dad. Right? Your parents, they have a title because you respect them. Right? You love them. You care for them. So you're going to show. And I was just using for, I was just using that example with, with Katie because Chrissy and I were dying laughing the other day because she was talking about, well, Tim wants a lake house, you know? And so, so, so we, she was like, oh, he's Tim now. So um, that's why I was shooting at Katie for a little bit, but it's, it's all in funny games. Okay, so our Father in heaven, 
He has that title. Uh, while we need to be respectful, when we need to pray, uh, it is a personal conversation between a father and a child. A father and a child. Um, hallowed be your name. Holy is his name. Set apart is his name. Um, which is an incredible concept because it's, again, it's the, the God and the creator of the universe wanting a relationship with us. It's mind-blowing. Um, when it talks about your kingdom come, what's it talking about when, your kingdom, when he says your kingdom come? You're like, why don't you tell me? Right? So when, when you say your kingdom come, you're not thinking about this world. You're not thinking about this level. You're, talking about, you're thinking about Christ's level. Okay, God's level. Uh, he wants us to think uh, with, it, with an eternal perspective in mind. A finished perspective in mind. Chris and I were talking yesterday. And he was sharing um, that he went running yesterday, which many of you know now, he's a pretty good runner because uh, he beat all of y'all today. But um, so we were talking and, and Chris said, you know, as I started out the run, I got down the road and I was like, huh, I wonder how long I've been running because he didn't have his phone on him. He didn't, wasn't tracking it, you know. So he was like, I'm going to turn back and look. And he's like, nope, I'm not going to turn back. I got to keep on going. I got to keep my focus. Just like what Ryan was talking about last night. You know, once you start walking, it's a lot easier to walk. You know, keep your eyes focused on the finish line. And uh, you're going to get there faster. When... Um, if you run track, if, you, if you're around coaches who coach track, you know, they say the last 100 meters, pick that spot, look at it, and drive. You know, go as fast as you can go. Uh, and Chris was saying yesterday, you know, I had to keep running, had to keep going, had to keep my eyes going forward. And he's like, there's a sermon in there somewhere. And I said, actually, I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. So that was, that was really cool. Um, your will be done on earth and heaven. Your give us today our daily bread. I already talked about that. I do want to hit on this um, this one thing in here that kind of stings a little bit for us. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Forgiveness is a big part of the Christian life. Um, God did it for us. That's, that's the gift he gave us. Redemption through forgiveness. Uh, God paid for us with his life. So we need to confess our sins to God and then trust and accept his forgiveness but we also need to forgive others, which is so hard sometimes. Sometimes, I, I mean, we, we catch ourselves. I catch myself saying all the time, why should I forgive them? You know, that really hurt. Why should I forgive that person? That forg oh, oh. It's, it's stressful. It's, it is. It's, it's stressful. It gives us frustrations, you know, Trying to, but, but we know we have to do it. Why do we have to do it? Because Scripture says we have to do it. Not just in the Lord's Prayer. Okay? You want to talk about common concepts. When things are repeated over and over again in the Bible, what's that say about that thing? It's important, right? Uh, it's important. 1 John 4, 20. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it. 1 John 4.20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother 
whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he does not love his brother. If, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. There is another version out there that I heard one time which stings even harder because it says, if anyone says, I love God, but does not love his brother, does he really love God at all? Does he really love God at all? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a, a concept that we need to continue to focus on in our life. And the, the way we do that is through action. We cannot take action if we don't have a plan. Uh, God cares, but we have to step out in faith. Um, actions speak louder than words. We've all heard that, right? So, as we carry over into why, which will be just a few minutes, so hang on. As we carry over into why, I wanted to kind of lighten the mood a little bit and ask you why we have warning labels. Why do we have warning labels? So we don't get hurt. So we don't get hurt. To protect us. To warn us. So they don't have liability issues. What I tell a lot of people, and I joke about this because I, I think if there's a warning label on it, then that means somebody did that. And so now they're telling you not to do that. Okay? So I want to read some warning labels to you. All right, before we get, get cranking into this, just to keep you awake. All right, so, okay, this is drain cleaner, all right? Drain cleaner. Clean up your stopped uh, drains, you know, the, some of the hair that's probably in y'all's drains. <clears throat> drain cleaner. Do not use, this is warning label off drain cleaner, do not use bottle two-store beverages. Do not use bottle to store beverages. Uh, <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. Here's, the, here's another good one. This is so random. Toilet plunger, all right? How many of y'all had a toilet plunger in your room? How many of y'all have used it today? So, okay, do not, here's the toilet plunger. Do not use near power lines. I'm just saying, this is a warning label on a toilet plunger. All right? Do not, oh yeah, this is a good one. All right, people. I'm losing control. This is a good one. Electric drill. Do not use as a dental drill. Micro, microwave oven. Microwave oven. Do not use to dry pets. Toilet, toilet brush, toilet brush, do not use orally. <laughs> and, then, and then last, last, <laughs> last warning label, portable stroller, caution, remove infant before folding stroller. All right, <laughs> remove infant before folding stroller. All right, so... Why warning labels? We receive instructions every day, right? We receive instructions every day. Some of them are pretty obvious. Some of these are pretty obvious, okay? Um, but we've heard them so many times. When, when we've heard something so many times, it loses its value to us. Mom and Dad, I knew you were going to say that, you know? But mom and dad have to say that because we love you, okay? We have to, we have to say those things because we love you. We know uh, the Bible says we need to pray or risk spiritual consequences, spiritual warfare, like we were talking about the other day. Um, 
God knows uh, what we're thinking anyway. Why do I need to pray? God knows what I'm thinking anyway. He's all-knowing. Yet the fact remains that prayer, sincere, focused, uninterrupted prayer, is uh, is the most important thing we can do as Christians. So I'm going to give you some reasons why you need to pray. All right? You need to pray because you need to stay connected. Stay connected. Remember what we talked about uh, yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. Remember what we talked about communication. Communication is important in any relationship, right? Uh, we need to stay connected. Uh, God says pray. When, um, when he gives, when Jesus gives the instructions on the Lord's Prayer, he says, when you pray. All right? God is telling us to pray. Scriptures over and over again, God is telling us, uh, telling us to pray. <clears throat> so, what are some personal benefits we can experience when we pray? What? Ooh, that's a good one. What did you say, Thomas? Yeah. Do you ever feel Do you ever feel really good to when you get something off your chest to a friend? You know, relief. Yes. Um, yes, relief. Absolutely, peace. Uh, I really got that out there, you know. I communicated that. Now I'm just waiting to hear from him. What's he going to tell me? Uh, prayer has to be a big priority. Um, so we need to remember and kind of view prayer as a means of getting, not getting what we want, but as a source of enhancing our lives and experiencing blessings. Why? Why do we want to do that? Uh, because we want to be a part of something big. We want to be a part of something big. What do I mean by that? All right, let me give you an example. Now, <clears throat> as awesome of a contest as this is, this is just hypothetical, all right? So if I challenged Chris to get up here and he and we're, we're going to do the most push-ups in a minute wins, all right? The most push-ups in a minute wins. Think about this, all right? If I challenge Chris to, to that contest, most push-ups in a minute wins, two things would happen. Somebody would win, and somebody would have to give me CPR. <laughs> all right? Uh, but if we decided, hey, we really want to do this, we really want to get stronger, so what do you do when you want to get stronger? What do you do when, when, you want, when you have a goal in mind? You practice. You work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you're, you could become stronger, all right, because as, as you become stronger physically, you know, when, you, when you're doing weights, doing all those things, what are you doing? The muscle is breaking down only to build you back up stronger. So it's breaking down only to build you back up stronger. Um, So we become stronger and more fit. Uh, So those are the benefits, the drawbacks, that four-letter word called time, fitting that into our schedule, okay? Energy, I got to do how many push-ups a day, you know? Um... Prayer takes effort and sacrifice, just like push-ups take effort and sacrifice. But uh, we'll grow as we put in the time, and then we challenge ourselves to continue to go forward with God. We're going to get more benefits and more benefits and more benefits. Uh, you're going to impact the world in two ways with prayer. Incredible. Two ways with prayer. First, 
when prayer is a top priority, we're better equipped to respond when God places us in positions to make a difference. We're better equipped to respond when God places us in positions to make a difference. As well as, uh, as, well as more in tuned to identifying opportunities when they present themselves. Okay, so we can kind of feel where things are going and we can kind of steer that situation uh, because we are more prayerful, because we have a stronger connection to the Almighty Creator. Uh, second thing, second way we can impact the world in two ways. Uh, God has designed prayer in such a way that it can impact uh, events that we may never even realize. Everybody knows the ripple effect, right? Throw a stone into a pond, does it just sink without affecting the surface? No. Small ripple, big ripple, all the way out, okay? Um, because I plant a seed in someone, they may go out and do a great thing that day. You know, because I gave a word of encouragement or discouragement to Logan, you know, um, she may have a, she may use that and, and take that to others. Um, so prayer makes a difference in, uh, in telling the world about Jesus. Prayer makes a difference in our life because it has that ripple effect. It equips us. Just like a, shoulder, a soldier is equipped for battle, okay, prayer equips us. Prayer gives us the tools we need uh, to help and understand God's will. All right, so why pray? All right, we want to be a part of something big. God tells us to pray, but we also want to ask for directions. Okay, does anyone know what I have in my hand? A, a map. A map. All right? No, it's not a river map. Okay, so this is a this is a map of the great state of Georgia. All right, this is a map of the great state of Georgia. Why in the world am I carrying this map? Because duty might get lost? I don't think duty is going to get lost. Duty is the one person I don't think is going to get lost. All right, <clears throat> so what are maps used for? To find your way somewhere. To keep you from getting lost. Make a plan, a route. You know, now we have these little fancy little devices, you know, that we can just tap an address in our phone and uh, Google tells you where to go or Siri tells you where to go or whatever. All right, now here's the problem with technology. The problem with technology is that uh, Bill McNaney will tell you and Bill Manani is a, a man in our church. He and his wife are retired. Uh, he helped build this, the, uh, the St. Louis Arch, if you guys didn't know that. So uh, he, and his, he and his wife are retired. They go on trips all the time in the U.S. But they will tell you that some places in the U.S. have awful cell service. Sam's agreeing with me because he went on a California trip a, minute, a little while ago. So, so cell service is unavailable. When cell service is unavailable and you're depending on cell service for your maps, you're, de you're depending on the wrong source, then you've got to figure out another source to go to. Uh, and that's why he carries paper maps with him everywhere he goes, just in case he gets in those binds. All right. Um, so... What's that have to do with anything about prayer? God has a great journey 
this plan for us um, with many incredible experiences. If we fail to ask for directions, we're going to find ourselves lost, misguided, frustrated, even facing spiritual danger. If we go on a hike and we keep the map in our pocket the whole time because we're just trusting on watching the person in front of us do what they do, then we're going to fail. Okay, we have to stop and ask for directions. Um, which, as a guy, that's kind of hard uh, because, you know, you want to look all macho and everything and understand, I know where I'm going. I don't need to ask for directions. Um, when we can, before we can sincerely ask for directions, we've got to surrender ourselves. When Christy and I are driving down the road and we're lost, we don't know where we're going. When I turn off the road to ask for directions, I am surrendering myself, ourself, to the source that is giving me those directions. Uh, and in prayer, it's the same thing, except we're surrendering to a much sweeter source. Uh, so we want to surrender completely to him and recognize that his plans are, and ways uh, are better than ours. All right, let me um, read you an excerpt from my favorite chapter in the Bible. And then we'll almost be done. All right, so Ephesians 6. If you guys are... Uh, having a rough time, a rough day, a rough week, Ephesians 6 is a great place to go. Why? Because it's all about spiritual warfare. It is all about um, putting on the armor of God. soon as I find it. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, Ephesians 6, many of your versions probably say the whole armor of God above this section of Scripture. The, the armor of God is uh, 10, through, 10 through 17, uh, but the most important verse comes, uh, comes two verses... Two, it comes two verses later. It comes one verse later. Uh, so let me just read this whole excerpt just to kind of give you a mental picture of what's going on. So this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to defend against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, and you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That you may be able to withstand in the evil in the evil day. And having done all this, stand firm. Stand, therefore, fastened with the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And then lastly, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. So if, he, if Paul had given this wonderful picture of the whole armor of God and left out the part about prayer, 
prayer is where we get our battle plan from God. Prayer is where we get our uh, GPS coordinates from God. Uh, prayer doesn't just help us personally. It enables us to be more effective when we serve God. Pray Paul, uh, Paul prayed so uh, he could be fearless when he preached the gospel. We can pray to God, uh, can pray that God will give us knowledge and boldness in telling others about him. Paul already knew how to preach. He was already bold. Uh, the fearlessness involves supreme confidence that the words be used, the, the words he used were from God. The kind of confidence that only comes through prayer. The, the more I talk to a person, the more confident I am in that relationship. The more, the more I talk to a person, the more confident I am in that relationship. Same with, same with God. The more we talk to God, the, the stronger our relationship will be with God. Um, so think about when you pray, think about giving everything you can to prayer. Uh, and the biggest thing is uh, my challenge for you is to accept God's answer, even when it's not what they wanted to hear, and never confuse God's patience with kindness. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the who, the what, and the why of prayer. Let's close.